welcome once again to the podcast. We're certainly glad to have you join us here. Uh, I'm Shane McAllister. I'm a developer advocate here at MongoDB, and this is our World Series of podcasts. So we have recorded a number of episodes on MongoDB World that happened in the second week of June. And uh, we are sharing those episodes with you. But anybody, this is episode two, and anybody who's listened to the prior episode would have also heard me introduce Cedric, who's our intern here at MongoDB this summer. Hey, Cedric, how are you? Hey, Shane. Dude, doing well. How are you? Good, good, good. So uh, what's been keeping you busy this week? It's your third week or so, is it? Yeah, yeah, third technical week now uh, at MongoDB, and it's it's kind of you know going by really fast because I'm starting to dive into some cool projects. Of course, as the mm-hmm. uh, developer advocate intern here for the summer uh, in the U.S., of course. So uh, many of you listening are probably familiar with the MongoDB Developer Center at mongodb.com/developer, which pretty pretty recently got a huge revamp. If I'm correct, right? Yeah, it was it was pretty extensive. For us, it's it's our key kind of developer portal with all of our articles and our how-tos and getting started and tutorials. So we, we did a massive transformation on that, which came out there just over a month ago. And uh, it's a really good destination for anybody looking to learn about MongoDB, learn about the products, see the kind of demos and tools that we are building for our developer community. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're letting me actually help create some content there. So in the realm Uh of maybe Kubernetes, maybe some JavaScript type of tutorials, code examples, uh, anything in that realm, I'll probably be working on some content here soon. So keep an eye out. And, you know, I'm really excited about that. Okay, so they're letting you loose on on the developer center, and you'll be you'll be a published author then. So Cedric, oh my right? Gosh, yeah, this is huge. Maybe a O'Reilly <laughs> book is next up. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Set your sights high. <laughs> Perfect. Well, look, this is um, episode two, and um, we will get to the longer interview that was done at MongoDB World shortly, but. Cedric, I know that you were roaming the exhibition floor. I saw you with a microphone, and I know that you managed to uh, doorstep, I suppose, some of the attendees and get their opinions. How did that go? Oh, dude, so it was it was fantastic. So there was uh, two interviews that we'll, we'll bring on to the show here in a second. One was a student, kind of like myself with a startup idea. So he was looking into MongoDB University. And uh, mm-hmm. one was a fascinating dude who was focused on sustainability solutions. So both of them were great conversations that, that were done, I think, on the second day during the conference at MongoDB World. Um, so mm-hmm. let's go and hear from a few of them right now. Um, hey, my name's Cedric Claiborne, and I'm here with... Nigel, a student here at MongoDB. Hey, and today we're talking about anything cool that you've experienced at MongoDB or anything you're looking forward to. Yeah, I just got off um, the little Ask the Experts section, and I was talking about kind of my first like actual like startup idea I wanted to make. Um, it was really cool. I met an awesome engineer named Nate who was like helping with me, and I'm ready to sign up for the MongoDB University courses and just get started, man. I'm really excited. Well, hey, happy to hear that. Thank you so much. Hey, hey, how's it going? My name's Cedric Laburn. I'm here with... Mario Eldon. How are you, Cedric? Hey, doing good. Uh, I just want to ask real quick, what's been your biggest takeaway at MongoDB World or, you know, anything that you've really enjoyed? Yeah, well, one thing, well, this is day two. First of all, the Java Center is beautiful, and you guys did a really good job architecting the floors. Uh, that's first and foremost. 
Uh, one thing that really stuck out yesterday was a workshop about sustainability in the context of technology and uh, architecture and tech stack, etc. Um, that's something that has not been really talked about. And to further prove that, whenever I asked, you know, anyone in the room, whether it's on the third floor, fourth floor, fifth floor, um, whether they work for Mongo or not, about sustainability in the context of technology, they're like, ah. Uh... So that that's like a that's like a red flag, first of all. But it's it's, it's something that. Um, because of the replies that I've been getting and the reactions, it makes me want to indulge in it more. Because going green in the context of technology is something that, you know, there aren't many solutions for yet. And if there are, people aren't very aware of it, right? So uh, that is one thing that I am taking back to CVS as soon as I get back. And um, I'm going to try to take that and, and make it into an initiative and uh, try to integrate it into our, you know, CVS ecosystem. Our application. Absolutely. Well, yeah. That's very inspiring to hear. Thank you for <laughs> thank, you. thank you for sharing, man. Wow, they were great. It was it was really good to hear um, uh, that captured on the show floor and all the noises, etc., from from the show behind as well too. So fair play, Cedric. Is there going to be some more? Yes, in the next episode, we'll bring out some more uh, customers, some MongoDB employees. There's a lot to come, so stay tuned. Great, great. We very much look forward to that. So this is a nine-part series recorded at MongoDB World. And again, it consists of an interview between Mike Lynn and um, a really interesting company called Cubitro uh, from the show floor at MongoDB World. So uh, Barai Bentison is the founder and CEO of Cubitro. And Cubitro is a device data platform for modern applications, particularly in the IoT space. So it's taking sensor data um, and essentially any network-capable device and brings all that data back into a single interface that allows companies and developers to work with their APIs and their tools. And of course, like everybody who is at World, there is a use case of MongoDB in there. Um, and indeed, they are and a bigger user of MongoDB. But they were also, which is fascinating, an early adopter of our time series data uh, at MongoDB, our new product there. So they go back even further, though. And I think this was interesting, Cedric, when I heard back, is that they are part of the MongoDB startup program as well too so they have a long history with MongoDB and we've helped them along the way so let's hear from Barai in his conversation with Mike Lynn at MongoDB World uh, so welcome to the podcast it's great to have you on the show why don't you tell everybody who you are and what you do sure uh, my name is Barai and I'm the founder and CEO of Cubitro. So I'm running the business. Mm -hmm. tell, tell folks about Cubitro. Sure. Cubitro, in a sentence, is a device data platform for modern applications. And Cubitro collects device data from multiple IoT networks and unify data for companies so that they can focus on their businesses and sell and turn solutions without dealing with infrastructure. Mm. So we allow them to go to market faster and spend much less on the cloud infrastructure. So it's what Kubitra does in technical way. Yeah, so it's kind of a jumpstart for uh, folks looking to do things with IoT. Exactly, 
let's say there are tons of devices that can connect to internet, right? And they produce mass data, which could be sensor values, GPS location. So we allow all companies to connect any network capable devices and we synchronize all the sensor values and the device data automatically into a single user interface so that they can actually collaborate on data and they can access data however they wish. So to do that, we also offer developer toolkit like Kubitra APIs, SDKs, and other connectivity options. So data comes in automatically and take data goes out automatically. Okay, so it's software as a service. Exactly. Yeah, and, and it's built on MongoDB. Exactly, we have many, many features that we've been building and still that build on top of MongoDB. And I guess it wouldn't be possible at this time of period without MongoDB. Mm. <laughs> and you came up through the startup program, right? Right, right, we are part of that. Okay, yeah. What are some of the benefits that you've enjoyed as part of the, the MongoDB startup program? At first, it helped a lot about visibility, long time ago, as you remember, but also it helped about technical challenges because there were two options. Either we would spend more time on the internet, but we were able to get help from directly uh, MongoDB developers and community itself. And also we were able to, able to play with Atlas easily thanks to MongoDB credits. So it also helped that a lot um, to iterate ideas and change a bit on the way. Yeah. So, Barry, how, how did you get interested in IoT and, and how did Kubitro come about? Good question. Actually, um, it was a long time ago, like, like eight years ago, when I had a chance to build one of the very first IoT projects when I was intern at Microsoft. Then I always been interested in that and I played with hardware. I tried to produce and sell hardware, um, basic sensors. And then I realized that the problem is on the cloud infrastructure and technical challenges. So I noticed that companies spend uh, so many time and expenses just to get the POC stage. So I just wanted to um, build a solution so that developers and companies spend their time on their ideas, just like us, instead of dealing with the, all these database management, scalability, maintenance, and connectivity part. So that, that was the reason um, why we wanted to build Kubitra. Yeah. So as a framework, uh, you're giving folks uh, kind of a, a jump start around in the IoT space. When I'm a developer and I use the SDK and I use Kubitro, what happens with my data? And, and how are you able to, to store so, such a diverse population of data? Well, it's mostly thanks to do NoSQL database, which is MongoDB, because as you mentioned, there are tons of devices and they send dynamic data, which is quite hard to deal with. Mostly, several platforms ask developers to provide what they're publishing from devices, mm -hmm. but we don't do that. We are able to understand automatically and visualize in the user interface. So it's thanks to the nature of MongoDB, because it allows us to write dynamic data instantly, and then we can filter on user interface, and we choose that as an option to the developers. Yeah. Well, one of the things I always think about in the context of a software as a service platform like Cubitro is the data model. How are you segregating data from customer to customer? So at first they have to register, just like Facebook. Not, not even a technical platform. So they just register and they're able to create their own team workspaces. 
so that they can create multiple projects and connect devices under those projects. So it happens automatically. So we don't have to deal with that. Are the, the workspaces, do they correlate to collections or databases? Uh, from user perspective, um, they don't know that part. Mm-hmm. But for us, yes, we separate them into separate collections and documents so that we can scale a bit faster and better okay. in time. And how do you secure one customer's data from another customer's data? Well, um, for now at least, we only do that for multiple regions, for EU, EU, US, something like that. Mm -hmm. And also MongoDB Atlas offers all this routing um, in the user interface. Mm -hmm. And also in our part, we have a logic designed to separate that data. Okay, so so from the framework, from Kubitro. Exactly. Mostly we handle, but there are ways to that we get help to distribute data to different data center zones okay. on Atlas. Okay, gotcha. Are you using any other features of the MongoDB Atlas platform? Sure, we started using charts uh, for internal management so that we didn't have to spend time on building our internal dashboard, which was quite helpful because our data was there already. So we just, we actually tested a few platforms, but it was so easy. Although we did offer dashboard, we didn't want to write code for our internal data visualization. And we also started playing with MongoDB's brand new time series feature, Mm -hmm. because at the end IoT is mostly all about time series data. So we thought that why not also try that at the beginning and do the transition uh, hopefully as soon as possible. Yeah, fantastic. And and how has the success been? I mean, how many customers are you you servicing these days? Well, it's been, quite a journey since we met. Uh, In just a year, we came up with the limited development, you know, uh, opening to production. And now we have more than 500 customers in more than like 20 countries, all distributed. And we do process more than 10 million data per day. It was a huge jump for us. And um, of course, we were able to during this period, raise our first investment. Now we have advisory board. Also, the business is growing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, to also we were able to build something in community. So we do came up with the Kubitra Ambassador Program, for example. So it also helped us to grow. So this way, we are also offering completely free accounts for two devices, but also we are dealing with the larger customers at the same time. So it all happened in almost a year. Wow, that's incredible growth in just one year. Depends, but yeah, for us, it's it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what's on the roadmap? What's next for Kibitro? Um, one of the thing in IoT landscape, although it's a huge market, it always had a challenges. So now we were able to observe those challenges better and closer because we've been talking with also potential customers and partners. So now we are mostly going to be focusing on offering even easier integrations with like SIM card providers or different network infrastructure providers. And we will be adding more and more enterprise level features, different device authentication types, uh, different developer tools, SDKs for different mobile platforms as well as programming languages because we started simple with the REST API offering as many other startup. And now there is a demand, so we will be also focusing on that part. So yeah, it will be. So uh, for folks that are, that maybe they're toying with an I, uh, IoT idea, 
and and they're thinking they want to jump in maybe talk about the onboarding process what what does it take to to get started with cubitro so they just have to go to cubitro.com and they can learn more about the platform for sure and they can jump into the portal.cubitro.com and just register as i mentioned like facebook and then we do offer onboarding option for different devices and network options and also we support that with a very well written documentation and we don't ask credit card and two devices are always free so any type of customer or user can play completely for free and we do also offer copy and paste examples for data simulation just to make it even simple for them and and what languages are you supporting uh, any any yeah, okay because yeah. connectivity options are uh, generic Mm-hmm. And there are many, many open source libraries for them. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have documentation for the well-known ones, but we also have a few partners that they have their own languages and they, they were able to offer Kubitra packages. Mm-hmm. So any language, basically, all we need is just internet connection. Mm, yeah. Well, it's an exciting start, and um, I wish you all the success in the world. I'm, I'm wondering if you have advice for... Uh, founders starting a company up? Well, um, throughout my journey, I always say development is endless. And the faster we talk potential customers, it's always better for founders. So it should be, I guess, the first thing, even at the idea stage. Because sometimes um, you think that your idea is so fancy and you believe that so much, then it won't work. So to fix that, the fastest way is actually talking because there's nothing to lose at the beginning. Mm. Even when even you are growing, you still need to do that. So that would be the first thing. And second thing is, of course, depending on the product, thinking globally is also so important because if you are offering a platform like us, you need to be able to talk to the any developer, any customer worldwide. Mm-hmm. So to do that, you need to be ready in terms of your product, documentation, your team, your support. So it's sometimes overshadowed because you are startup and dealing too many things, but it also worked very well for, for us mm. because we were ready when there was a hype or spike in the usage. Mm-hmm. And third thing would be, of course, if you are offering a developer tool or something like that, it's infrastructure. We spent a bit more than we had to spend, but we are so happy with that because now we don't worry about, for example, how to scale databases or how we are going to deal with all those massive data. So it's also uh, super important at the beginning. I'm not saying over-engineering for sure, but looking a bit more and testing a bit more is always helpful as you grow. So those are... Great advice, yeah. Some great tips there. Uh, I'm curious if you're using, if you're leveraging the auto scale features within MongoDB. Sure, sure. That we weren't using at the beginning, but now our production clusters are using that feature. Okay, so you pick a high water mark, like a like an M M80 or M100. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Like eight percent or eight five percent. It handles that for us and. There's also one thing great in Atlas, which is always free clusters, mm-hmm. just to play with that. Yeah. Um, I also would recommend that if there are developers looking just to play with, it works very well. So um, it's not like having something in your local machine. It works well for for some time. And 
for quite uh, quite request actually. Yeah, and it sounds like you've adopted a similar business model. I mean, yeah, always free, <laughs> two devices. Exactly, and also um, because we noticed that enterprise solutions were offering fixed pricing, mm -hmm. and as we see in different places like. Mongolibertas, we cannot do that anymore because the world has changed. And if we were doing this, uh, we decided to do, let's make able them start for free without any worry and make them able to pay as they connect. So our business model called pay as you connect. Mm. So we charge per device. So you don't need to pay fee of thousand devices for just 10 devices. Okay. So yeah, same, same business model, mostly. But we call that different. Yeah. So I like the concept. So pay as you connect. I would imagine if you're dealing with a, a relatively large number of devices, it could get quite costly, though. Is Are there scale? It's, it's, it's also another good thing because our customers are paying less as they scale. Mm. So, so the more the the, exactly. the larger the number of devices, the the, the exactly. cheaper per device. We do offer three pricing categories, always free. We call that starter. And there's a scale plan up to 100 devices for small projects. And it always received a good feedback in terms of pricing, just uh, two USD per device monthly. But we charge hourly. So you can, let's say, use 15 days and remove. You'll be only paying for 15 days, which makes a buck. Wow. And there's enterprise, as you pointed out. We talk customers' needs, for example, Let's say you came to Kubitra and said, I want to store data for two years and you can remove that automatically later. We are going to be able to offer custom pricing so that they don't need to pay more. Mm. And it always become less than scale plan because they are connecting more devices. So as I said, uh, the more they connect, the less they pay. Ah. That's the idea. Wow. Well, it sounds like you've, you've given this a lot of thought. I mean, did you have some help putting that, uh, that together? Well, actually it took more time than designing product itself because <laughs> wow. i knew it's going to be a problem yeah i had a chance personally mm -hmm. uh, to observe all those platforms including big hyperscales to do other startups so um, i think it will be working fine for yeah. some time so what's the grand vision for cubitro uh do you want to sell the company eventually i mean i know not right away but but what, what do you want to do with Kibitro? How, how, what is your grand vision? Well, first, we are not satisfied yet. So we hope to grow more. And then, uh, of course, some you know in startup world, things are happening organic then instantly. So of course, acquisition is one of option. Who knows, maybe as our main goal, staying in the business for a long time and being the number one cloud-based solution provider in IoT landscape. Mm -hmm. So if we are going to be able to do that, why not going for IPO? Mm. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Terrific. I love it. Well, maybe one day you'll invite me to do a podcast at Cubitra World. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't have to wait that, but... <laughs> so we are at MongoDB World. We're recording this on the third day of MongoDB World. I'm curious, what's your take on the event and, and maybe what was the most exciting thing that you learned at the conference? Sure, that was great and still going. Um, we are here with uh, my two other teammates, so we were all looking for something different. I was looking for more network, for example, uh, doing presentation. And of course, we were looking also for technical updates, which is quite important to us. We were able to learn that update for serverless pricing and 
general availability, for example, also for the time series updates. And we were able to learn more about how to do something more for security part. Mm. So we were able, able to talk and learn more about that also. But also good to be here to learn from other MongoDB partners as well. Mm-hmm. So, for example, yesterday we met, met one of the companies and we are going to test that for Kubitra infrastructure mm. to replace one of the different um, technical yeah, uh, solution. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So it was quite helpful. Yeah. Well, we're, uh, we're so delighted to have you here. Uh, let the folks know where they can get more information about Kubitro. Sure. Um, Kubitro.com is enough. Mm-hmm. But I, Spell Kubitro. Kubitro. Yeah. Q? Q, yeah. Kubitro. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll have links in the show notes, so make sure you check those. Um, Beret, it's been a great conversation. Anything else you want to tell the folks before we wrap? No, we are always welcome anyone interested in IoT, and we are happy to help through our community forum, Discord server, or even chatbot, including weekends. So thanks for having me today. Yeah, thank you. Wow, that was fascinating. I really, really enjoyed listening to that and what Barai had to say. It's, for me, certainly an area to watch as more and more devices are connected to the internet. I know when I, I think I looked at my router recently, Cedric, and, you know, I've thermostats and cameras and other things at home. Um, and there was, I think there was more than 40 plus devices connected to my network that weren't people. So we've got phones and laptops and stuff, but there was 40 devices that were neither of those. So this is only going to grow. And I would imagine that Cubitro are well placed to be part of this fascinating ecosystem. Uh, So very much enjoyed that interview. That's it for episode two. So yeah, we'll sign off here now. Um, We've got a few prompts as usual, right, Cedric? Right, right. You know, to learn more about Cubitro and to play around with their platform, two devices are free to add and you can scale from there. So you can go to cubitro.com, Q-U-B-I-T-R-O. And as always, it's my favorite part to do. Remember to review and subscribe to our next episode for MongoDB World with Nick Gamble from Uncork. And we'll see you on the next episode. Excellent. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining. Ciao.